PhotoShelter is the online leader for photography websites. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a responsive, mobile-friendly website. Try one free for 14 days at PhotoShelter.com. Then download our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources. Hey, this is Alan Murabayashi with PhotoShelter, where you're here with another audio interview with Wes Pitts, who's the editor at Outdoor Photographer Magazine. We're here at the Nature Workshop for Photography at the Summit. Welcome, Wes. Thanks, Alan. Glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got into the, the editing position over at Outdoor Photographer. Sure. Uh, I, well, I studied photography at the University of California, Santa Cruz. And uh, after graduating, I found an ad in the paper for an assistant editor's job at Outdoor Photographer and sounded perfect to me. And I've been there now 18 years. I started as an assistant and just worked my way up. And uh, I've worked on a couple of the other sister publications that we uh, publish, uh, Digital Photo and Digital Photo Pro. I served as editor of Digital Photo for a few years, and then about 18 months ago, uh, took over as the editor of Outdoor Photographer. One of the things that you've sort of, sensibilities that you've brought to the magazine is this issue of, of conservation, which which really didn't exist so much um, for photographers 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Why is that happening now, do you think? Well, I think there's a growing awareness that there are definitely environmental challenges facing us globally as well as locally. Um, a lot of the photographers that outdoor photographers worked with uh, for decades um, have been sensible to these issues. You know, people like Franz Lanting, Tom Mangelson, uh, Art Wolf, and many, many others uh, have definitely been conservation photographers their entire careers. But I think that there's a growing public awareness um, that there are some real challenges that need to be addressed. And photography is a wonderful tool for helping to raise that awareness. So I think that that and the combination of social media have sort of brought us to a pre precipitous moment where it's really important for publications like ours, other people that have a vehicle for getting these messages out, uh, participate in that. What, what do you say to the readership who says, but I, I just want to take pretty pictures. Is that still a relevant way to, to take nature and, and outdoor photography nowadays? You know, absolutely. I mean, photography is a hobby for thousands and thousands of people, and they should absolutely enjoy it. And I, I don't feel like uh, our publication or any of the other uh, outlets for photography should be taking a necessarily a, a, a preachy sort of attitude. But I think that as you become more involved, especially in outdoor work, nature and, and, and wildlife and landscape photography, you can't help but appreciate the environments that you are photographing and, and realize that these environments face real existential threats. And there's a balance that can be met between um, conservation, environmental awareness, and human needs. And photographers like Michael Forsberg, who's with us here, um, Actually, we did an article together last year uh, in our April issue where he spoke about, and it, to me it was sort of counterintuitive, and I did not expect it, but he, he spoke about the ranchers in his area being actually some of the best stewards of the environment, that, that they are also passionate about uh, conservation issues. And, and that really struck home to me that environmentalism does not have to be diametrically opposed to human needs, that, that in fact there are ways that we can meet both needs 
um, successfully. Um, there have obviously been seismic shifts in the publishing industry. Um, the internet has spurred a lot of that. What sort of changes and challenges have you seen with publishing a, a magazine while trying to compete with online entities and, and even self-publishing online? Sure. Um, absolutely big changes. <laughs> you know, publishing has historically been largely supported by advertising. A lot of advertising has shifted to online. It's more measurable. Um, younger marketing uh, people, professionals are looking for those sort of uh, immediate tangible results, whereas magazine publishing was historically more about just building an audience for advertisers and not necessarily something that was metrics-based other than, say, circulation. I think that a lot of traditional print publishers, the ones that are going to be successful moving forward, will stop thinking of themselves as print publishers and think of themselves more as multimedia, multi-platform publishers. And that's really what we're trying to do. Um, we recognize that there's a growing audience that's coming to us from mobile. So we've completely rebuilt our website to make it more mobile friendly. In fact, we made some sacrifices for uh, viewers who are coming to us from desktop browsers. They're not going to have they're going to have a great experience. It's going to be better than the previous website, but we've really been trying to address that, that mobile audience. And one of the most encouraging things is that um, our mobile and social audience is actually a much younger demographic than we expected. It's 25 to 34-year-olds, um, which when you think of outdoor photographer as a brand, that's, that's surprising. Um, it was typically a much older audience. So I think that the photographers and, and the publications that are going to be successful are going to bring their work to as many platforms as they can. They're not gonna focus on any one particular media, but take it more of a holistic approach and, and deliver their work across all these different channels. Um, some of the photographers who I've worked with, and I won't name any names, I don't wanna embarrass anybody, but some of them are very, very reluctant to share their work online. Um, and and they completely eschew social media, and I think that's a mistake going forward. You know, a lot of publishers have expressed some hesitation about being so reliant on platforms like Facebook because an algorithmic change, you could build, you know, <laughs> the 20,000, 100,000 followers and an algorithmic change all of a sudden yep. renders that, you know, in half or a quarter. What sort of concerns do you have as a as a big publisher of these photo magazines, and and what sort of reliance is it just is is that just the reality for publications nowadays? You know, well, just to clarify, we're not a we're not a big publisher. I think that certainly um, outdoor photographers, a niche publication, and and bigger companies are going to have to grapple with this. You know, there's going to be bigger consequences for them. But you know, you're totally right. Uh, Facebook made a change uh, this last um, early in summer that basically cut our weekly reach in half and there's nothing we can do about it I mean you know Facebook isn't someone that's gonna take our concerns too seriously they're a, a media company in themselves I think more than a social media platform but I think that the the only real solution is to provide the best quality content um, if you're simply trying to get, uh, you know, links clicked, uh, you know, you probably heard the term clickbait. If that's the kind of publisher you are, you're going to suffer. And I think that's what what Facebook is trying to do well is to really 
eliminate the, the bad content and bring people to really, really good, meaningful content that they're going to connect with. And so that's, I see that as my mission uh, as an editor is to be sure that I'm bringing unique, thoughtful, uh, really, really good content to my audience. Facebook has said, and, and, and many people have commented, that video is going to be the dominant form of uh, media that we consume within five years. Mark Zuckerberg kind of famously said that, you know, 98% or 99% of your Facebook feed will be video. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, you have people like Melissa Grew who they say, no, I'm a still photographer. Mm-hmm. What, what sort of marketing responsibility does a publisher like yourself or even an individual photographer have vis-a-vis video? Do you, do you think you have to be in that game to succeed? Well, I don't, and that may be an unpopular point of view. Um, I could certainly debate it with someone. I, I, my background is in still photography, and I feel there's a very different approach to imaging when it comes to still versus video. Um, a still image is really, to me, a quiet, meditative thing that you do, whereas video is, is a different art form. Um, now that said, I think that the really the best photographers think of themselves as storytellers. And the still image is one way of telling a story. Um, I think that as cameras give us better and better video capture capability where I don't need to buy multiple devices to, to work in both mediums, uh, it might become attractive to traditional still photographers to experiment with video. So I, I see opportunities for growth there. And, and for someone like Melissa, you know, her view may change over time. She may become more comfortable with, uh, with video and, and begin to work in that medium more. I don't see them as mutually exclusive. I think if you, if you have a good eye and, and if you're a storyteller, uh, if that's your goal, you can work in both mediums. But I don't feel like a, a magazine like ours or a publication like ours is going to find itself trapped if it doesn't heavily embrace video. I think there's always going to be room for still imaging. You, you know, you could have made the argument, well, who wants to paint now that there's cameras? I mean, and, and <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like radio versus television. Versus, I mean, there's always going to be new mediums. Video may be something, as we watch, you know, VR and AR come into play. I don't feel like they're mutually exclusive. Um. I, I've always been a little surprised, but may, maybe not so much anymore, that many publications rely on um, writers or photographers to pitch them stories. And I think for a lot of photographers who are kind of getting into the biz, that's kind of a counterintuitive thing. It's they, they almost expect to be found <laughs> somehow. Can you talk about the value of the pitch and what you look for in a good pitch? Absolutely. Um, now, this is not to say that I don't find great artwork and great artists. I do, and I've, there's been a few photographers I've worked with this year that I literally stumbled across on 500px that did some of the most interesting work for me. Um, but the value of a pitch is, as an editor, I have, I have a plan for a year's worth of issues, sometimes even more, and Although I don't know specifically exactly how I'm going to address each of those topics throughout the course of a year, I do have a roadmap of what I'm looking for. And I'm just one guy. We're actually a really small staff. 
I have an associate that helps me and but you know it's a small team so I do rely on photographers to approach me uh, because I can't spend all of my time out there hunting um, the best pitches for me are very focused uh, the photographer already has a really clear idea of the story they want to tell um, they've already done some editing work of their own where they're submitting to me what they consider to be not only some of their best work but work that really supports the story and the those are the photographers that I find easiest to work with because they already have a clear idea of the message they want to get out there and they look to outdoor photographer as the right platform for getting that message out um, and and the, the types of content that you're looking for I, I, I would assume that's sort of a generic landscape. I took, you know, 10 photos in Yosemite is not the type of content you're looking for anymore, unless maybe there's a, a DIY component to it. So is there always kind of an angle, like uh, I did it at night or I did it when the meteor showers were happening? You know, I, I like to think of outdoor photographer as a fairly large tent. Um, and there are different departments in any given issue and on the website as well, where we can certainly show beautiful pictures that don't necessarily have a big story behind them. Um, but I would, uh, yes, I would agree with you in that we, you know, between Facebook, Instagram, 500px, Flickr, there are a ton of avenues where a photographer can go and just, you know, kind of show their work. They can have their own personal website and photo shelter. Certainly your business is built on people, you know, just putting their best work out there. I think that when it comes to a publication like like ours, we're already a very focused publication. So yes, I'm looking for for really specific stories about a location, not just here are my favorite photos from it, but what stories that you want to tell, and and certainly how to can be part of that technique. If you if you're a photographer who has um, uh, a, an ability to be a good instructor, um, then that's certainly the, an article we would look at. But yeah, just a collection of images uh, doesn't really have something that's enticing for the, for the reader. And you know, that's someone I'm always thinking about. What will the reader come away with from this that will make them uh, better educated, smarter, feel, form, feel more uh, enriched as a person? Um, those sorts of stories are important. Wes, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. For more great content, check out blog.photoshelter.com.